0: Welcome back to Sports Uncovered. I am your host Aaron Mukes, and on today's episode, we have a very, very special guest. In honor of Women's History Month, we are bringing in blogger, sports blogger Miss Danny Hunt, who is also the host of a two podcasts, Danny's Game of Inches and Bells of the Ball. Miss Danny Hunt, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for joining me. Um, again, it's it's an honor to have you here. Um, you know, brought to you by the Rough Cut Sports Cast. We are honoring women in honor of win- Women's History Month and and sports fans in general. And I wanted to take some time today just to talk to you about where your passion comes from and, and how you find how you see yourself in the industry and kind of your goals and, and making your way um, through the through the sports world. Um, so, so my first question is you're in Houston, you're in Houston, Texas, right? Correct. Correct. Um, so being from being in Houston, I know you're a school teacher, mm-hmm. so thank you very much for that. I can only imagine what you've gone through over the past year and a half. It's
1: been um, interesting.
0: <laughs> what has the COVID experience been like um not only as a, as a teacher but trying to navigate losing sports and your and your passion for sports how, yeah. how has that been for you
1: um it's really taught me a lot because as a blogger like i'm not a broadcaster by any means i coincidentally i do teach broadcasting as a teacher but i mean i literally had to pivot because i have a specific audience um online So I had to pivot everything that I did. When sports completely shut down a year ago, I was like, okay, I'm the sports brat and we have no sports. What am I going to do? How am I going to keep this going? So it was really, I had to learn and relearn my audience on a different level. So I got to learn that and had to learn the flexibility of everything and just reinvent myself and just kind of have fun and just literally learn, relearn things as I went along.
0: And I think we saw that with a lot of, not only just individuals, but businesses. We all had to take this, this new approach towards how we, um, how we did business or how we approached our jobs Mm -hmm. or our interests. Um, And then, and then subsequently after, I mean, I know COVID is still going on and we're trying to get through Mm -hmm. it, but there was also a a huge weather storm in the state of Texas. Um, Were you impacted by that at all? And how, I mean, what was that like for you?
1: That was very interesting. Never saw that coming. So it was kind of like, we knew this freeze, this hard freeze was coming. We, We get hard freezes every once in a while. And really all it is, is it's just cold outside. This was something we never could have ever imagined. It's kind of like that movie, The Day After Tomorrow, where um, i think it's like dennis quaid and like you know it's like that big ice storm and everything you go outside and you freeze that's literally <laughs> it kind of felt just like that and and i had friends who didn't have power for 80 hours um i didn't have power for about 18. luckily we lost power around like eight o'clock 8 39 and then we didn't get it until back until like about noon, one o'clock the next day. So that was the longest amount of time, but it got cold. I mean, the house was about 56 degrees. I had friends whose homes were about 46. Um, People had to rip out, you know, their insulation, pipes bursting everywhere. It was a disaster to say the least. And like people up North would text me because I have friends on the East coast that were like, y'all closed school for some snow you know, like, oh, it's 30 degrees out. You can't, I'm like, I don't think you understand. Like <laughs> the majority yeah. of the state doesn't have power. So that was, it was a yeah, real it's, it's a different
0: experience, I would imagine, from you oh, know, yeah. e- even those individuals living on the East Coast. Yeah. Um, yeah, they experienced the cold weather, but not quite to the level of, you know, mm-hmm. an emergency light like was in right. Texas. And I, right. I can't imagine, I'm from California, so we, yeah. you know, the, <laughs> the sun is usually si- uh, shining over here. Right. So. Right Um, now I I mentioned your, your love and your passion for sports. Mm -hmm. Where did that begin? Where did that love start for you in your life?
1: So I think I kind of, I, well, I grew up in sports and I was always doing something. I grew up a swimmer. I was a competitive swimmer for a while. I coached high school swimming. Um, I was also a dancer in high school, so I've always been active. But actually loving sports kind of came from both parents. My dad played football and my mom kind of taught me that it was okay to be a girl and love sports and be interested and intrigued and like actually want to understand the game a little bit more. Um, So that's kind of where it was. Football was ingrained in me in an early age. Um, My dad... Um, people know like the story of Friday Night Lights. My dad was the first black football player at Odessa Permian High School. So that is kind of like who I am. So Texas football is, you know, <laughs> I know all about that. And I just always was around football growing up and basketball. And I mean, it's just always been in my life. So this was kind of a natural segue for me as my own love of sports happen doing the sports brat, having sports blogging, all of that was just kind of a natural thing.
0: Now you mentioned your your father was the first black player at Odessa. Um yeah. I, I did not know that. That that's that's amazing. <laughs> um how was it I can imagine the the I don't want to say popularity, but the mm. the the things you felt about that because that was such a I mean that's a huge story. Yeah. How did that impact the way you grew up and your kind of outlook on life.
1: Um to give people a little bit of reference, so the story the story took place with the 80s team and obviously my dad was in the 70s. So his story in the book was referencing how the lay of the land was in Odessa. Um I traveled to and from Odessa a couple times as a kid and Mojo is literally like a battle cry. And like, it's very interesting because being in Odessa, football, whether you're like Odessa in Midland, football is king, football is life. And I kind of learned that, you know, football is everything and kind of was no different growing up. And I loved everything about that, the culture that football creates, within families and cities and in high schools is great. And I love your family, you know, getting together on Sundays to watch the game. That's like your Sunday ritual that that's how I envision football in general. If that made any sense.
0: No, no, I did. I, I, absolutely. I, I'm, you speak about the culture of football mm-hmm. and, you know, you often hear it's like the ultimate team sport, right? Yeah. You know, the One person has to do their job. Otherwise the mm-hmm. whole thing falls apart. Um, so growing up, Around sports and mm-hmm. being being a kid and doing dealing with that competition, yeah. how has that how has that driven you um, later on in life as a teacher, as a woman who's you know a sports blogger and has all these interests? How has that drive been instilled in you to to put it towards other things that you you know that you love to do?
1: Um, I actually hate competing. Whether it's like now, I love competing when it comes to. Obviously, sports, like you cannot come and talk trash to me because I'm going to get very (laughs) into it, very aggressive. And people are like, Who are you? What just happened? And it's like, Oh, no, no, don't come for me. But like, I love just like the community of when we talk about women in sports, it's in blogging, especially where it seems like a dog eat dog world where everyone's trying to be like, have the most followers, have the most engagement, have the most everything. I love bringing everyone together and following this person, uplifting that person, and, you know, the competitiveness of it kind of still gets to me a little bit because when I see someone doing reels, I stayed away from the video aspect of things for a very long time. And I was like, well, I want to do reels and I suck at video editing. So it's like my own natural competitive nature comes into the background side of things and how I can get better for myself. So I'm actually kind of competing with myself more than others that that makes perfect
0: sense and and you talk about the things you've been doing Mm. um what 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 have you been up to over the past year and a half what i know we mentioned you have um the danny's game adventures podcast as well as the bell of the ball um what what are those things about what are you trying to what kind of message are you trying to relay um to your audience
1: so i the sports brat is more of hosting game day traveling going to games across the country style fashion all of that stuff when i do bells of the ball and danny's game of inches it's more of like the sports knowledge where i can do more of kind of like an analyst kind of thing and when i say analyst i'm not talking about like i need to know everyone's stats and facts and all of that because that is one thing when I feel is a little annoying when it comes to women in sports. When you, when I say, oh, I love sports. I, you know, do all this stuff and they're like, oh really? Well then how many touchdowns does so-and-so have? Just because I love sports and talk about it doesn't mean I need to be an encyclopedia of every player amongst every sport and every franchise. And that is one of those things that I want to erase. I just want to talk about the games, talk about the performances and, have fun and just discuss sports news with others, which whether that's Kaylee for Bells and Ball or Sharon at Danny's Game Adventures.
0: And you, you mentioned the sports brat. Um, I mm-hmm. often visit your page and see all the different things you're doing, yeah. um, visiting stadiums and talking about food and travel and the culture around the stadiums, restaurants mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, I wanna play a little bit of a game Oh boy. Um, I, I know you like to go to different stadiums. Yes. Uh, what are some of the best food items that you've that you've experienced at stadiums? Like I know everybody, every stadium has their little little yeah. niche, you know, market yes. or whatever. What are some of the mm-hmm. best things that you've experienced um, at at certain stadiums?
1: So one that actually always comes to mind is the original Globe Life Field in Arlington had these helmet nachos that were made with Doritos. And it's like all the toppings on it. But with Doritos, that's one of my favorite (laughs) things. And I'm actually going to the new Ranger Stadium. So I'm like, I hope they brought those over because those are necessary. And they also have this massive hot dog that is, I think a yard. So wow. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. I think it's called a boomstick. So that's one of my favorites too. Um, Arlington has some good stuff, but I've also had the buffalo mac and cheese. Is that where I, did I have it in Boston? I want to say I had that in Boston. That was really good. Um, I remember Wrigley having really good cocktails.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> you, you say I, you remember? Well, if you had so <laughs> many, how we're gonna? Who really knows if we remember, right?
1: I don't know. I remember posting some lemonade that was spiked, and I remember it being really good. Awesome. That's
0: awesome. Um, okay, so you talked about a yard-long foot, foot. Well, it's not even a foot long. It's, it's like it's the a size yard. of a football field. It's a yard yeah. long. It's three, right? It's, how, how does one consume that Get much that. hot dog?
1: get a friend because you can't sit in the seats with that right you're gonna like take someone out trying to like hold it but definitely with a fork and have a friend with you
0: well everything's bigger in Texas so I I I know that being a Dallas Cowboys fan everything is bigger in Texas and um I, I guess I'll have to make it down to Arlington to see if I can get me a yard uh, hot dog. That that's yeah. uh, that sounds yeah, good. Yeah.
1: The boomstick is pretty, I think I want to say that's what it's called. Yeah. It's pretty good. There's chili, cheese, onions. It's loaded. Oh
0: boy. Oh man. I'm already hungry now. It's almost lunchtime. <laughs> um, okay. So women in sports. And like you said, you, you bring this aspect of just wanting to talk about sports mm-hmm. and sharing your opinions and your passion and your love for sports. Who are your icons or idols that you've looked up to in either in the industry as athletes or in the industry of just being a sports journalist who are some people that you look up to
1: my favorite everyone that follows me knows serena williams is like my queen bee there is no like touching her i think she's just goals across everything whether from being a mother, to an athlete, to a businesswoman. Love her, wanna be her. I don't ever want her to retire. Like she just needs to keep going out there and playing just so I can watch her be a beast. And I don't care who she loses to, but of course I would like for her to win again. But I mean, I just need to see her being powerful. Um, There's Serena, Maria Taylor, of course, as another black woman, I think she is, like just a breath of fresh air and i just love watching her on tv hannah storm and linda cone are the ogs you know, you know like i i love them and i love that hannah storm is still on tv um who else is there lauren shahadi is another i have like a whole list michelle beetle i loved her too i still do They're just, there's so many. I can just sit here and list every single female reporter out there and I'm going to love them.
0: So if you were to, you know, it's March Madness. We Mm. have brackets out. Um, If you were to put like women athletes and women analysts and, you know, broadcasters in a bracket and, you know, you're the all-time great. Who's coming out on top? Number one.
1: All-time great.
0: Oh. You mentioned you mentioned some legendary uh yeah. some legendary uh athletes I would, and and broadcasters.
1: I'ma just oh god, I'ma just say Hannah Storm.
0: That I mean that's a great answer. Hannah Storm's been around for so long.
1: For, yeah, she's, just like she's,
0: she's unbelievable. I'm I'm a big Hannah Hannah Storm fan. Yeah. Um we are doing a a show later today about just women in, in sports in general, both athletes, as well as sports journalists and broadcasters. And we are, we're having our own March madness and we're going to see who the fans vote for and come out on top. So, um, Hannah, Hannah storm is, is iconic to me. Oh yeah. Um, uh, one, one person I wanted to ask you about, and she was one of the first women that I ever saw behind a desk and actually talking mm-hmm. about sports. And that was Robin Roberts. And, oh Yeah. <laughs> See? I, I, I just, I, I, exactly. I, I just want to know, um, what inspiration do you draw from those women when you go to do your your podcast or even just to write a blog about, about the, a place you've experienced?
1: Well, one is the longevity of them, right? They've been around for so long. I mean, I feel like entertainment in general, the younger you are, the better. And I'm no spring chicken either. I'm in my mid thirties. So it's like, they've been doing it for a long time and they're still on top. So my thing is how to recreate yourself, not necessarily because obviously they haven't changed much about themselves, but they still have to stay on top of things and stay current on everything to be able to do their job. So mainly what I find inspiring by them is, you know, they are still there and they're not going away anytime soon. At least I hope I don't, I hope not unless they decide to retire. (laughs) which i am not a fan of anyone retiring ever you need to stay behind the desk until someone literally forces you to go ma'am you've been here for 80 years it's time to go
0: (laughs) right and i mean we we want to see these iconic people stay in sports as long as possible what do you say and, and i'll end with this what do you say to those people out there who may frown upon the fact that women are talking about sports and um, you know, you hear the things about the lack of knowledge or things like that. Mm-hmm. When I've all experienced, women are very capable and have the exact same resources and ability to do yeah. the things men do. What do you say to those people um, that may not agree with women being in sports?
1: Would you tell your your future daughter that? Like, like we're all talking about like girl dad, and um, my daughter can do anything too. Would you tell your daughter that she cannot work in sports or she cannot talk about sports because she's never going to get it? Like, I, I think it's one of those things that I hate to use that example, but would you say that to your own child or would you, I mean, I'm an only child and I was a girl. I am a girl. <laughs> so it's like when I, my dad would watch sports, my dad would be like, come, come watch this golf match with me. Anyone that knows me knows I hate golf. He forced me to go (laughs) to a golf camp because he wanted me to love it. Right. But how many women were playing golf competitively 20, 25 years ago? And how, how popular was that? So it's like you, women can do, we know this and sometimes we do it better. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs)
0: That, that, that's, That's well said. And we'll leave it there. So I want to give you a moment to let people know where they can find you, um, where they can follow your blog so they can find out all the good places to eat and watch games and, you know, enjoy the fashion that you're presenting when you're at the games. I know you like to, to bring the fashion game strong. So yeah. let people know where they can find you um, and how to follow you and things, things like that.
1: You can find me at the sports brat everywhere, Twitter, TikTok. Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, and you can find me at the sportsbot.com or you can find me at bells of the ball podcast.com and Danny's game of Interest. Yes, Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find all of my pins, they're on Pinterest.
0: That that is awesome. Um, thank you very much Danny for joining thank me. You. We appreciate thank having you, you. and um, we support everything you're doing. And we hope you continue to do well. Um, Thank you again for joining uh, Sports Uncovered.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You've been listening to another episode of Sports Uncovered brought to you by the Rough Cut Sportscast. Until next time, I'm Aaron Mukes, reminding you to think different.